Welcome to the Thriving Faith Podcast, where we believe the Bible is true in its entirety and are here to equip Christians with biblical insights to live a Christ-like life. We inspire you to flourish in every area of your life, mind, body, and soul, to grow in the Word and closer to God, no matter what season you're in. Go ahead and listen in to embark on this life-changing journey to thrive as a Christian. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is day 23 of the Proverb Day Challenge, where we aspire to great knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the Lord as we read through the book of Proverbs. And today I'm reading from chapter 23 of the book of Proverbs, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to one appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not overwork to be rich, because of your own understanding. Cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink. He says to you, but his heart is not with you. The muscle you have eaten, you shall vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the fields of the fatherless, for their redeemer is mighty. He will plead their cause against you. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my innermost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine bibers or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. And he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad. And let her who bore you rejoice. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. For a harlot is a deep pit and a seductress is a narrow well. She also lies in wait as for a victim and increases the unfaithful among men. Who has war? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long to the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup when it swirls around smoothly and the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper 
Your eyes will see strange things, and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like one who lies around, who lies down in the midst of the sea, or like one who lies at the top of the mast, saying, They have struck me, but I will not but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I have I do not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? Hmm, pretty interesting. I see a lot of warning on drinking alcohol or alcoholic beverages. In this case, we're given wine and I also see gluttony. Talking about gluttony and being in the presence of those who are higher up than us. And the other thing that I see is listening to God's word and understanding and seeking his knowledge and wisdom. And I also see the warning against a harlot. And we've honestly come reading a lot about these same things. So we already saw that once something is repeated in the Bible, it is definitely so close and dear and important to God. So observing this, I feel like I cannot even go down like, a whole breakdown of everything because it feels like each of them is straight to the point. It is a warning. It is like um like a final a final trigger or final takeaway from everything. But I have a few verses that you know I can highlight and put out and share is from verse one to verse three where it talks about gluttony and it says when you sit down to eat with a ruler consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you're a man given to appetite do not desire his delicacies for they are deceptive food here the bible is clearly telling us about gluttony and being greedy before a ruler and honestly this can apply in every area of our lives gluttony and greed in terms of food in terms of money or just you know materialistic things is not a good thing and what i see here is etiquette god is such a god of order he is such a god of peace and here we're seeing he has etiquette he has moral integrity so i grew up with my mom and she taught us a lot about etiquette she was very picky she was in the catering and hotel industry the hospitality kind of um zone and she taught us a lot about cooking about cleaning uh etiquette what to say and things like that and i feel like just reading this verse reminds me a lot of the things that i grew up hearing all the things that i grew up my mom telling me about etiquette so he also the bible is pointing out about gluttony and greed and we also see verse 4 it says do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding cease and honestly, my first thought was, okay, Lord, <laughs> you're telling us not to sit around and be poor, but you're also telling us not to overwork to be rich. What are we supposed to do? And if you're reading this, it clearly, it feels like you can almost have the same question of, what are we supposed to do, Lord? But the immediate thing that I can think of is to be content. To be content to work, not just to become rich, but to know that you're dwelling in the contentment and in the riches and righteousness of the Lord. And it says, do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Because if you're doing everything on your understanding, then it's just kind of like rubbish <laughs> in 
term in like simple terms. It's rubbish working on your own understanding. But when you do it with the Lord, it is different. And in our knowledge, we ought to be wise and rich. If it makes sense. So if you're walking with the Lord, he can guide you. He'll give you the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And the best person that we can see from is the actual person who wrote the book, most of the book of Proverbs. And that's Solomon. When God asked him what he wanted, he said he wanted knowledge, wisdom, so that he can be a good ruler and leader for the people. And we honestly see what was added unto him. He sought first the righteousness of the Lord, just like what Matthew tells us. Seek ye first the righteousness of the Lord, and the rest shall be added unto you. He sought for knowledge so he can be a good leader for people because God loves his people. And here we are. He was, everything else was added unto him. The wealth, everything else. He's not to be one of the wealthiest people in the Bible. So this is not just telling you not to overwork, but it's telling you if you're overworking to be rich in your own understanding, then stop. Do it the right way. Walk with the Lord, seek knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and then the rest shall be added unto you. It's not bad to overwork. And the next verse that stands out for me is verse 12. It says, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Amen. This is like a no-brainer. Keeping God's commandments close to our hearts and listening to good counsel, surrounding ourselves with people that see the righteousness of the Lord, takes us a long, long way. So I really wanted to highlight that. You can go ahead and highlight it pearly in your Bible or, you know, write it somewhere so you can always remember because this is really important. And the next verses that stand out for me are 13 and 14. And they're talking about disciplining your child. And they say, do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. And here it uses the word beat, which could be a little bit of a strong term in our day to day. But what I can say is disciplining your child never goes wrong. It helps them for the future. It help, It's because you love them. And I've come to the last couple of us is just talking about how it is different to discipline and abuse. Discipline is from a place of love. And abuse is from a place of anger, frustration, uh, bitterness, all the not so good things. But discipline should come from a good place. And I've said before, I am very, very, very big on gentle parenting. I do not believe in traumatizing our children. We grew up with enough trauma ourselves, so I do not believe in traumatizing or tough parenting or let's be rude. I am all for gentle parenting, but I also know when to discipline, when to spunk, and when to put in time out because these kids can be crazy. I'll tell you that. But disciplining your child is very, very important. And I cannot emphasize this enough about Eli. I have come to get about him. Just the different times we have seen discipline. Eli is like my greatest David himself too. And disciplining should not be abuse. Abuse may leave a never-fading scar for them mentally and emotionally. Disciplining will give them the glory of their years. And I really want my kids to grow up and know that we were fairly loved. 
our parents loved us so much that they corrected us. They spanked us because they loved us. Not just because, oh, whenever I did this, I was always in trouble. I want them to see that it was from a place of love. And verse 17 is honestly what I needed today. I even had to highlight it on my Bible. And it says, do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. And now, let's not just play holier than thou, you know, Virgin Mary kind of faith. Like, let us all just sit in our deepest hearts and minds and look at the times we ever thought or we saw people that do not walk with the Lord, but they are thriving. They have like the biggest weaknesses. They are almost successful in our eyes. They are almost successful at anything that they do, but they do not have the Lord. Or they're not even doing life in a godly way. Or if they're doing business, it's not, you know, it's not the right way. And we sit there and think, here I am. I am holding on to God. I'm being righteous. I'm doing everything right. But it feels like I am not getting anywhere. And you may play it cool and be like, this has never happened to me. But let me tell you this. I... I have been through this. I am just like a normal human being where I'm just like, I am doing everything right, but everything feels like, you know, <laughs> it's going southward and people putting in minimal effort or even no effort at all, but seem to be, you know, getting it, all the ducks in a row and everything right. But here the Bible is telling us and encouraging us to not let our hearts envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. And I hope this encourages you because I sometimes need this because I go down this whole rabbit hole of this one does that, but they're not even doing it right. But here I am doing it right, doing it in the way of the Lord, but still feels like I can't pull through. And the Bible is here to encourage us. And that's the beauty of the word of the Lord. It will show you the way, pull you from the pit and just keep edifying you and encouraging you and i love this i love this and if you needed this you can go ahead and highlight it like me <laughs> i highlighted it in my bible and you can get yourself some highlighters from thriving faith co we have beautiful highlighters and i'm more than excited to serve you there and the other verse that stands out for me are verse 20 and 21 and they say, do not mix with wine bibles or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty. And drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Hmm. We see here, still the Bible is talking about gluttony, like what it said in verse 1 to 3. Gluttony is really one of the seven deadly sins. And if you don't know what those seven deadly sins are, you can go, you know, Check them out on YouTube or Google them because I'm really not about to go through down that whole rapid hole in, you know, teaching. I just want to focus on this for today. But gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins. And that is why we should ha we should be good stewards of our bodies and accountable to what we eat and in the right quantities. And this goes out to me too. When I am going through like a tough season, I'm depressed or, you know, usually around my period, I'm just like, you know what? I only live once. I am going to enjoy it. And I'm literally just eating anything. And I have a very sensitive gut. My stomach easily acts up with 
anything new, too much sugar, too much oil, uh, crude oil, like literally almost everything that I shouldn't be eating. My stomach reacts to me. But in that moment, I really don't care. And I am growing and learning to walk in that place where I have a good relationship with food, no matter what is going on around me. And also to know that it's not just about the food and my cravings, that this is also about me being a good steward in the way that I do life. And now you may say, oh, I'm not a gluttony. I'm please asking you. After you Google the seven deadly sins, you can also Google the meaning of gluttony and see what it is. And be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Are you a glutton or not? And then you can go from there on building a healthy relationship with food, uh, having a better mindset and a better way that you see yourself with food and its quantities. And honestly, I am also on that journey. Not that I am a recovering gluttony, but it's the way, it's a mindset that I have food. It is when I'm curving something, you cannot tell me anything. So I guess my mindset about food and its quantities, instead of seeing it as energy and fuel to my body, I either view it from the extreme of I need to eat it or it is really bad to me. But the mindset should be all food is good to fuel your body. The difference is the quantities and how your body reacts to it. And it's been amazing to work with a nutritionist. And she's a Christian, so I was telling her about my allergies and things that, you know, my stomach acts up to because I have a very, you know, wrecked gut. And I remember her telling me the first time I met her, and she goes ahead and tells me, but Imelda, your body's telling you what to do. You're just not accepting it. And I sat there in silence for like a good two, three minutes thinking, I know, but don't you think I really want to drink the milk? I have grown up drinking milk all my life. And now 28 years later, I cannot drink it because it makes my gut messed up and my tummy is sensitive to it. But I didn't tell her that. It was just all playing in my head, in my head thinking, how? And she's been helpful to see to help me see like a a good mindset about food. Food is not bad, it's the quantities. Is it being nutritious? In what extent am I having it? And it's been good to see that I am being a good steward and now I am having to lead my family that way and pull them from not being victims of gluttony, because the Bible is telling us in verse 21 that for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. So if this is you or you have struggled with food or a mindset around food, and as much as I don't want to make it like cliche of the Lord wants you to do this, I just want you to tap into your innermost self and be honest with yourself. How have you been relating with food? How have you been relating with the things that you do around food or how you view food? Now, this is not just about weight loss or, you know, I get to eat food or whatever. No, it's about the nutritious things. And I see a lot of the convictions in Leviticus that talk about the food we should and shouldn't eat. And I have a book that talks about uh, 
the food that God did not allow us to eat and gives really like good science back up why God said we shouldn't eat that food. And now years later, we're struggling with different diseases because we didn't listen to the instructions in Leviticus <laughs> to tell us what to eat and not eat. God had a reason why. And I love the verse uh, that says that herbs are given to us for the restoration and the nourishment of our body. So use that however you can. You can use it in terms of I will eat my greens or I will heal my body with the herbs, with the natural herbs that the Lord has given us. So I don't want to make this into a nutrition talk, but it really excites my heart because I'm on that journey of changing my mindset around food and also having a healthy relationship with and around food. So that's what I had today. And the biggest pointers were about drunkardness, being honest and having God's own understanding, wisdom and knowledge, and also about gluttony, like we just talked about, and also listening to God's counsel. And the last past, the last verses of the chapter also talk about uh, the seductress and the hallowed, how you should flee from them and how you shouldn't even keep them close. And that's it for today. It's honestly amazing. I feel really refreshed talking about this. And yeah, I hope to see you tomorrow. Have a great day.